What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Balance Show. We believe that the key to life is balance. Finding the balance between discipline and freedom, ambition and contentment. The perfect balance is unique to each individual. We are your hosts, Taylor, Chloe, and Steve, and we're here to help you find your balance. What's up guys welcome back to the balance show today it is myself taylor and my sister chloe, chloe. <laughs> and today we put together a really cool podcast for you guys that we've been working on for quite some time now and it is 25 steps on how to start your business so we kind of did this framework off of our experience and what we did over the past two years to bring Balance Athletica to where it is today. Um, these are, like we said, 25 steps. And if we could just go back in time and tell ourselves this two years ago, I think we would have been a little bit better off. Um, but hindsight is twenty twenty, Right. And so if you guys want to take notes or anything like that, I mean, I kind of wish that we would have had this layout back then, you know, just simple 25 steps to take. And yeah, so without further ado, let's get to it. I'm ready. Okay. All right. So first one we have, very, very important. It's going to be the backbone of your business. It is to determine your why and company cornerstones. So you want to establish not just what product or service you're going to bring to the market, but more importantly, why are you going to do that? What needs are you going to fill? What problems are you going to solve? And why are you passionate about doing that? If that's the source of all of your work, mm-hmm. um, it resonates differently with people. So kind of how we started Balance and envisioned Balance was based off of a few concepts that we saw were missing in the market. So I don't know how long you guys have been following my journey, but you know that I've been in the fitness industry for quite some time. So we have me being with companies, clothing lines that I didn't think really had the quality we were looking for um, in clothing that we wanted to wear, me and Chloe. Mm -hmm. And then for Chloe, a big thing for her was um, just a lack of diversity in the fitness clothing apparel lines. I felt like not only was there a lack of diversity, both, you know, in backgrounds, but also in body shapes and sizes. And there's such a huge demographic of people and especially women who feel like there's no clothing that's designed for them. So I wanted to design clothes for everybody, stuff that would be flattering on the extra small just as much as the extra, extra large. That was something that I was really passionate about. Um, And so we all kind of brought our separate passions to the table and decided, okay, this is what we want to build our company on. Right. And like we said, you know, there wasn't really at the time we started balance a year and a half ago now, maybe two years, uh, but we started and there was really no clothing line that was all inclusive. And if they did say they were all inclusive, it still didn't look good on the sizes that Mm -hmm. were being kind of excluded. So that was one of our big things. And like when we sample our clothes too, we have me as a small, Chloe as a medium, we have a large and extra large, all try on these things to make sure that it truly does look good on everyone. And then we make tweaks from there. So Mm -hmm. finding your why, that was a very long winded answer, but as you can see, it should be a long Mm -hmm. answer 
if it is a huge part of your company. Yeah, it's I mean, the most important thing. It's it's where your passion lies and people see that. If they right. see that you're trying to sell them something that has no mission or real deep-seated value behind mm-hmm. it, that's the thing. There's there's a thousand people out there doing exactly what you want to do. So how are you going to set yourself apart? And if you come from a place of you know your values versus, oh, well, I have the best product and I'm going to mm-hmm. sell it to you, so it can't be all about making money. If you go into starting your own business with, oh, I want to be a millionaire, you know, it's mm-hmm. not. It's only going to get you so far to where at the end of the day, you're not going to feel fulfilled and you're not going to have that passion and drive to keep going. So mm-hmm. you really do have to find that why and do that first and foremost. Totally. Step number two is to choose your partners carefully. Um, so what you want to look for in your business partners, if you don't want to go at it alone, You want to have varying skill sets and backgrounds because everyone will have their own role. In the beginning, when you start business, everyone is, you know, all hands on deck. Everyone's kind of doing everything. Mm -hmm. But then you figure out what everyone's strengths and weaknesses are and you kind of form your own lanes, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And you kind of take control of your role in the company. So you want each individual to have a different background so that they can contribute in a unique way. And you really do, like Chloe said, you have to be really, really careful with who you let into your business. I mean, it could it could sound like a good idea to go into business with your best, best friend, but there's very few times where at the end of the day, you know, three years down the road that you're still going to have that relationship. So you really have to uh, determine who this person is that you do want to be in a kind of like a long-term relationship with. Yeah, I mean... There are so many horror stories of things just going awry, even between family members, even between friends. So the biggest thing is just trust first and foremost. You have to have so much trust between each of you, but also just communication. You have to constantly be communicating. Um, You will have problems that come up and issues that need to be fixed. You always just have to make sure that you are taking things on as a team and know that it's you all versus the problem instead of you versus you. And the thing that I like about being in business with Chloe and Steve is like we do get in fights and we do you know get snappy at each other but the good thing about them is we are so close that we can get over it in two seconds Mm -hmm. so we don't take everything so personally we kind of just you know we look at it as business and set it aside from our personal lives Mm -hmm. which is very important and it can be very hard to do yes so you have to have like all of the hard conversations you have to have with your potential partners going into it like hey what happens if one of us wants to leave or Mm -hmm. you know you have to have all of those conversations up front number three is to save and set aside funds to start your company Uh, so we are very uh, fortunate and lucky to have done this on our own Um, but sometimes that's not always the case so for I think that here's the thing I think that people look at what they want to do in the future And they get so excited about it that they quit their full-time jobs and just go head on. Two to three months down the road, they realize, oh, you know, this is going to take a few years to build up. I'm kind of screwed. I I have to go back and get another job. So Mm -hmm. just make sure that you are still kind of secure while you're kind of formulating this other business and this other dream business Mm -hmm. so that you can still have a little bit of an income 
while you're creating it and starting that business because every business needs funds to start obviously Mm -hmm. and I think the majority of businesses also start out as a side hustle Mm -hmm. and that's the thing you have to have that mainstream of income while you're figuring it all out because there's a big chunk of time where you're not going to be bringing in any profit it's all Mm -hmm. spending Mm -hmm. at the start definitely definitely Next step is to find lawyers to help you in all legal aspects, and this will keep you protected all around from the start. So this is super important when starting a company. There's so many little things here and there that you're going to want to, you know, trademark your intellectual property when you can and form your um operating agreement with your partners. There's a long list of things that if you can keep yourself buttoned up from the very start, Mm -hmm. you run into so many less problems down the line. And I will say, uh, we've had a few lawyers, I think we've finally found one that we're going to be with for quite some time. But if we were to go back, I would have told ourselves to look for someone that believes in our company and really knows the potential. Because if you have a lawyer that is doing your work on the side and working for like a huge firm, doesn't really have time for your business, things are going to get missed. You're not going to be set up like you should be set up mm-hmm. for the future. So I would say look for a lawyer that is just as passionate as you are and uh, really sees your business going somewhere and believing in it. Mm-hmm. So number five is to find a mentor. Uh, Growing up, our dad has always been a very big businessman. He's an entrepreneur himself. So we've been very fortunate to have our dad on our side. And I'm probably on the call, a call with him every single day just because he has so much great insight. And he's been through so many experiences throughout business and situations that we don't even necessarily know about yet. Mm -hmm. So um, it's really cool to be able to have someone that you can lean on like that and trust. Yeah, someone who has tons of experience, who's really seen it all, but more importantly, someone who has the right intentions. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's our dad and he is just wanting to help us in every way that he can. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, I think, can come across, you know, quote unquote mentors who may want something from them or kind of just want it to be whatever they say goes. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to also be very particular and careful when you start working with a mentor, um, just to be sure upfront what everyone's expectations are, because I'm sure that there are situations where maybe they want a certain percentage of equity in your company. And maybe that's not the worst thing in the world if they're providing a ton of value, Mm -hmm. but it's just something to talk about upfront. Totally. Next step, number six, is to create and research your name. So you, first of all, obviously want to make sure that nobody has the same name or anything close to it. And you want to make sure that your name is communicating your vision, your brand, and your why. Mm -hmm. Right. So for balance, we decided to go with balance because we each feel like that is a word that we connect with so well. For me, I have been up and down with an eating disorder and being too strict on myself with food and all of that. So finding my balance in life, I've been able to be so much happier. Chloe has her own story with balance. Mm -hmm. I think like it's just one of those things where Um, you know, everyone is so different. We've all got different shapes and sizes. We have all got different stories. And for each individual, Mm -hmm. their own balance looks different. Their own version Mm -hmm. of healthy and happy looks different. And so we felt like balance was just a really universal term that could just equal, 
you know, being happy in life. Yes, totally, totally. So you'll want to figure out your name, make sure no one has it, and then you will utilize your lawyer to register that name and hopefully own it. Right, so that's step seven, register that name. It will take about a year for it to actually go through and be copyrighted, um, but it is so, so, so worth it. You want to be buttoned up as best as you can, and that's one of the best ways. I've had countless of countless stories that I've heard about people formulating their business name and then they don't even register it two years down the line they have to change it and create a whole new brand Mm -hmm. that's really tough it's really really tough especially when you spend so much time with that name and that brand alone so registering that name next thing next up you're going to want to create your logo so you figured out your name and then how can you take that name and translate it and again communicate your brand through a very simple um, recognizable logo so you'll want to first like i said picture you know when you think of balance what does that look like or when you think of whatever the company name is what does that look like it doesn't always have to include the name it doesn't have to include the letters but you have to consider what communicates your brand and then what is something that when people see that on a pair of pants or on a purse or whatever it may be they'll recognize it mm-hmm. as your brand mm-hmm. Definitely. so it has to be unique it can't be you know stepping on the toes of other logos or companies um, so you'll want to just get creative and explore different avenues with that step number nine when you're done creating that logo be sure to register it just like your name um, because again same issues can arise in the future Uh, Number 10 is to actually form your corporation within the state that you're in. So um, I've done this for, I don't know, three or four businesses that I've created in the past. And it's actually very, very simple. You just need to be sure to click the right answers because there's so many different things. You could be manager managed. You can be partnered. You can, there's just so many different things. So be sure you have someone by your side that actually knows what they're doing because, it's hard to navigate yourself unless you do a pretty extensive amount of research. So fortunately, we have our controller, Tyler, who is very familiar with these types of things. So he was able to help us form this corporation. We did an LLC, but we have transitioned into an S-corp. Um, that just is something that helps save with taxes and everything. It's very smart to do that in the future. Um, but again, that is definitely Tyler's expertise. He's our CPA controller, all of that. So he was able to navigate us all through this. And so many people when starting out their small business, they do go with LLC. Yeah, definitely. Even if it's just personally, like your personal fitness mm-hmm. brand, um, you did that as an LLC. So everything we've done started out that way. Right, right, right. So you honestly, like it was, I think I started it in Indiana. You go to indianabiz.gov or something and you click form corporation and there you go. You're on your way to forming your own business. Mm-hmm. Next step, number 11, is to form your operating agreement between you and your partners, or if it's just you, even for yourself. This will require a lawyer, someone who is going to have to get very familiar with you and um, your relationship with your partners and things like that. And this is the time where you have those really hard conversations Mm -hmm. like, what if I want to sell my portion of the company and leave? What if we... Voting. Yeah, voting. What if we have this big blow up and we all want to 
part ways. Um, you talk about those things that you think will never happen, but just to be safe, yeah. you never know. And lawyer will tell you, I've seen this happen more times than not. Mm -hmm. So it really is just to protect everyone involved and to prote protect your company. Um, anytime that you're getting a lawyer involved, uh, you have to look at it as, you know, we're just protecting ourselves in the future. We're, we're doing this to make us stronger, not because there's any level of distrust or anything like that. Um, it's really just to protect you and have you all on the same page moving forward. Right. And lawyers, of course, they're very expensive, but trust me, it's so, so worth it down the line. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be in any sort of trouble in a year or two because you didn't want to spend the money. Um, and then also with the operating agreement, that is something that the banks will want to see when you do open up your account with them, your business account. So be sure you have that before you go to the bank and open that account. And that's something to touch on that you probably have heard us talking about from step one, but the two people that you really want to have involved, even if you're just consulting with them from the start, is some form of an accountant mm -hmm. and a lawyer because you want to be, like we keep saying, buttoned up from the beginning. You want to be legally compliant and you want to make sure that you're not getting yourself into any trouble down the road. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Because audits happen and you want to be prepared when those types of things arise. Number 12 is to create your website. There's so many different ways to do this, um, but I will say outsourcing is huge, which we'll get into here in a second. But if you aren't good at those types of things, don't be afraid to hire it out um, and create something that is worth people looking at. So for a website, I think that we created it at first, but of course, we've grown so much that we finally were able to outsource and have someone else design a bomb website. But you know what? You don't need to spend all that money at the start. Mm -hmm. You can go on to, I think an easy one is squarespace.com. That's what I used to do in the past, like four years ago. Yeah. Super easy templates, very easy to navigate, and it doesn't really cost that much money. So creating a website and Huge. I will say on that note, and you're going to hear us, like Taylor said, talk about outsourcing in a bit, but at the start, you really like money is tight and you want to be able to learn and do as many things as you possibly can. So mm -hmm. first step in that, in being, you know, an owner and managing it is to do everything that you possibly can and give it your all. But as you transition into a different phase of your business, that's when you're going to start outsourcing and leaving things to the experts who are going to do it better and faster. And that's when your time becomes much more valuable right. and sparse. Right. But so at the start, you definitely want to be doing everything yourself and really learning all of it. Yes. You definitely want to know how to do everything. Um, that's why Steve, he He's not on this podcast right now or on the past, like, I don't know, five or six, because he is learning the operations inside and out because he wants us to be completely secure from day one. He wants to know exactly what's going on. So that is super, super important is to know how you want to know how to be able to do things. Even if things mm -hmm. go south in the future, you want to be able to say like, I started that and I know how to do it again in a heartbeat. Yeah, you know how to do every single step along the way and mm -hmm. sit in every chair. Yep. Like you're going to start out sweeping the floors of your garage, which is your warehouse, and then you're going to be printing labels and then you're going to be packaging orders. And you want to do all those things. That is so valuable for it you. Is. And no one is you know, above that, like that is, that is the most valuable thing that you can learn is every single step in the process. And the good thing about that is no one can take away that knowledge ever. 
Like no one built this for you too. Like it's a good thing to know in the back of your mind that you freaking did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you guys know, if you do have a brick and mortar store, definitely start researching e-commerce because I truly do believe that it's a huge part of this world and it's only mm-hmm. getting bigger. Mm-hmm. And your operating costs and everything are so much lower with mm-hmm. e-commerce mm-hmm. and your potential to make sales in a day. I mean, yeah. we even experienced, like we talked about in one of the last podcasts in the um, pop-up shop, you're just limited by physical space and time. No matter how many people show up, um, you still have those limits. Whereas online, your only limit is really how much you can produce. Totally. Right. So it's our, huge. Yeah. Our growth is definitely attributed to being online versus Mm -hmm. in person. Totally, totally. Next step, if you are providing a product over a service, you'll want to find a designer. So this has to be someone that you can communicate with directly and express your vision and your ideas. Not everyone is super artistic and can just you know, put their thoughts onto paper. So the designer is really someone who's helping you communicate your vision to a product right and we're really really lucky to have chloe i think she's a savant in this industry and it's so funny because this is this is a skill that she used to have ever since she was young but i feel like her vision in her life kind of she felt like she was going to do more of the business route Mm -hmm. um but throwing her back into her creative self she's really just like exploded in I don't know, your creative side of your brain. So we're really lucky to have her. Um, but that is pretty rare to have, you know, a chief, a chief level, a C mm-hmm. level be the designer. So be sure to really uh, find someone that aligns with your vision and exactly what you want with yeah. your brand because it's huge. I think ideally that this would be a person that's more long-term too. Cause mm-hmm. I know people sometimes work with a designer, you know, remotely and they just like have them do kind of one-off designs. But whenever you're communicating, like I keep going back to this, but when you're communicating your vision to the world, um, that's such a huge role. And the more that someone can be involved and the longer time they spend in your company, the easier it will be to kind of have that communication. Funny story, actually, when we started, we uh, started working with this designer and (laughs) I don't know why we did. We just we just honestly thought like we didn't have anyone that has ever done this before Mm -hmm. on our side, like as a friend. So we were like, oh, people, they outsource designers, you know, like, let's try it. So we did it. And he created design after design after design and we just weren't aligning at all we weren't communicating together very well Mm -hmm. and it just wasn't our vision so we could have launched six months earlier at least eight months earlier with this design but you guys first impressions to your company Mm -hmm. are everything like don't take the easy way out if it's going to take a year or two to get that perfect product out to people Mm -hmm. it's so worth waiting because your quality is everything. everything it's everything so yeah be sure to um keep a hold of that vision and don't take the easy way out because mm-hmm. it'll be worth it it'll, it'll be worth the wait there's no reason to rush like first impressions are so important and you can never get them back if you mess up in your first launch because you were rushing mm-hmm. you're gonna have a group of people who will say you know i won't go back there because they've lost my trust and so they've lost my business totally right uh number 14 is to find a manufacturer or manufacturers. So we have manufacturers in China and Spain and Turkey and all of that. But um, a lot of people do start off with just one manufacturer. And there's a lot of ways to do this. Um, We 
fortunately had a route where we found someone who found someone who found someone like all the stars aligned. We worked our ass off to find this person and it happened. Um, but a lot of people we've heard of companies having to go to China to go to, um, the what market. are those? Yeah. The mm -hmm. market, uh, find manufacturers there. There's places online. I've heard of this place called alibaba.com where a lot of people go. Yeah. Um, we've never used that, but I think that's a great starting point, but it does take a lot of research to find the right manufacturer. Just be sure that they're trustworthy. If you do have to take a flight to China to meet these people in person, do it. Um, I would highly recommend because you don't know what you're getting self yourself into when you send hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over to China. Yeah, yeah you're going to want to develop that relationship. And I do know some people that do this domestically when they start out. So totally. you'll want to, um, you know, if you do end up producing in the U.S. or somewhere in America, um, just know that it's going to be so much more expensive, but you're not paying these huge shipping and import mm. fees. Um but you might have a little bit more control and comfortability with someone who is in the same country or region as you. Yeah. Um, so that's another route that you could go is just do it domestically and know that your profit margins are going to be much lower until you're able to then outsource it and kind of maybe have a bigger inventory. Right. Um, and make sure when you do use different manufacturers, no matter where they are, that they're complying with uh, being ethical to their employees. Mm -hmm. That's huge for us. We would never work with a manufacturer that gives us, you know, maybe a better price for uh, an unethical practice for their business. So mm -hmm. make sure that that's something you really want to stand by because it's important to the future of your business and um, important to your brand. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Step 15 is to then create your product based off of your why. So you'll see that that is a super common theme throughout all of these is that it always is going to come back to your why, your cornerstones, and your values. So if your product is, so say your, your why and your values are to bring a quality um, product to the market, but then your product doesn't speak for itself that way. Um, there's a disconnect there. So you always want to make sure that your designing and your products and everything are just further communicating that mission. The next step, number 16, is to develop your marketing strategy. This one is very, very important uh, to your business. So if you guys don't really feel like you have that knowledge yourselves, don't be afraid to outsource it to others who are experts in this field. Um, so of course we're going to talk about social media marketing because that has been the most powerful thing to us and to balance, mm -hmm. uh, as well as our growth. So make sure that you do dive into the social media marketing, even if you don't know much about it, again, hire it out, go to workshops, yeah. learn as much as you can because social media is so freaking powerful. And it's another thing with e-commerce, it goes hand in hand, but it also isn't going anywhere. It's mm -hmm. just getting more and more prevalent and powerful, and there is a lot um, to do. Even just with an Instagram page, you can communicate mm -hmm. so much. So we always have been, from the very first day, so intentional about every single thing that we put out into those networks. Right, so you know, we could, we could honestly make a whole podcast out of social media marketing, which I do think we yeah. should do, get into. So let us know, hit up the balance show on Instagram. Let us know if that's something that is of value to you guys. Mm -hmm. And we'll definitely dive into that. Totally. 
Um, number 17, this is kind of circling back to what we were mentioning before about outsourcing, but 17 is to determine which roles you can do yourself and which need to be hired out. Mm -hmm. So for example, we did picking and packing ourselves for quite a while. Mm -hmm. um, and then we eventually started getting help with that. And then now two years later, we do have a team of people who come in and do that for us while we are focusing on other things. Mm -hmm. So at the start, you are going to be doing the hard labor mm -hmm. just as much as you're going to be doing the executive level things. Right. You want to get down and dirty as much as you can. You're going to have very, very late nights, long, mm -hmm. long, long work hours. You're going to be sacrificing a lot. But trust me, if you guys are trying to build a monster company, these are just things that you're going to have to sacrifice and do and get over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you're going to work your ass off every single day, day and night, but it'll pay off. Like, Imagine 10 years down the line working that hard every day. You're going to be in, a, in an amazing place with your business. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll need help with that eventually. Um, like I said, your accountant and your lawyer, those are non-negotiable. You need those for sure. Um, and then you also are definitely going to want a customer customer service representative. You will not be able to handle mm -hmm. those emails and even those DMs and stuff forever. Um, so you will want to bring someone on to help with customer service. And for us, like there's people that obviously say so many nice things, but when the negatives hit, when you own the business, it hits you 10 times harder than a customer service representative who really doesn't have very much connection with the brand like you do. Mm -hmm. uh, so hiring that out is going to be so big for your mental health as well. Because yeah, emotional fatigue is real mm -hmm. and it's so draining to feel so... Um, defensive all yeah. the time because you're always going to have someone that has something negative to say um but if you have someone helping you with that and you're not having to face it every day um you can start creating the big picture ideas and not yeah. get so burnt out and what we do now with that and we've learned the hard way we have our customer service service representatives make a list of um, complaints every week and we go through them and we say, okay, it seems like our pants may have been a little bit too small, this collection, let's make changes. So we now analyze our data in a different way than looking at it case by case. It's like, okay, what's the general consensus? What are What's the problem that people are having? We always wanna solve them and communicate that, mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily have to be dealing with people one-on-one -on -one all the time. Day. Right, right, right. So don't be afraid to when you're not an expert don't be afraid to outsource things because it's going to take your business to the next level without taking so much of your own brain power it's very very important uh, the next thing is when starting to build out your team hire slowly um, ask them the uncomfortable hard questions up front that way there's no surprises you know three months down the road they mm -hmm. know exactly what to expect you know what to expect out of them and there's um, just a straight arrow path. And keep in mind, don't be so hard on yourself and so strict. You really won't know mm -hmm. if someone is going to be a perfect fit until they start working for you. Mm -hmm. um, you can't, you know, have 10 rounds of interviews uh, and think that that's going to make it a successful partnership. Right. You really do just have to, you know, it's, it's like a guessing game. It you, is. You ask the questions, they're going to answer, and if, if they feel right, um, they can start. And it's really just a trial period mm -hmm. to see, you know, is this a good fit for both of us? Right. And, like, there may be people that interview really well, or there may be people that interview really bad. Mm -hmm. So you really have to take a lot of different steps to find the right fit. Mm -hmm. And if you do end up after three interviewing, 
three interviews, having to hire them for three weeks and kind of test them out, that's a really good play. But honestly, you're not going to know someone's work ethic, attitude, uh, skills, any of that for mm-hmm. like three months. So um, it's really just trial and error. For me, it's, it's a feeling as well. Like mm-hmm. when you feel connected to someone, it for me is kind of a no brainer. Um, but you still do have to ask the hard questions. Totally. Next step, number 19, we're, we're getting there. We are. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> um, next step is to focus heavily on making your workplace a space where your employees want to be. Mm. So this is from two different areas. One is obviously the physical aspect of it. So you want to invest in a nice space preferably with natural light, somewhere that has um, just a good community feel to it. It's comfortable. It's a nice space that you want to go work. Snacks. Snacks. Coffee. Drinks. Candy. Everything. (laughs) You want to just provide, and it's the little things that Mm. really make a huge difference. Mm. Um, And I think that I learned that, like working with my past companies, that just the snacks. I'm like, (laughs) thank you. You care about me. Yeah. So we definitely wanted to incorporate that into our workspace, you know, have nice furniture and just a nice decor generally. Yes, definitely. So that's, you know, the physical aspect. Uh, Also your culture as a whole in terms of your people. Um, If you, we've experienced this many times, but if you have one bad weed in the bunch, Mm -hmm. it will create a negative toxic workplace. You have to make sure that everyone there is happy, positive willing to do the hard shit because Mm -hmm. if you have one person that isn't it's going to feed into everybody else and that's a really good point in a startup you really should only have people around you that are willing to wear multiple hats Mm. someone you know in a startup your job is never really over if you're done with your work for the day you should be willing to say hey how can I help operations today how can I help you today like you really need to be surrounded by a team that's willing to do it all. Right. And it's it's hard to find people like that, but in a way, a lot of people uh if they if they do see the bigger vision, they mm-hmm. will be willing to kick butt every day. Yep. So your culture plays a huge part in that. And just make sure it's somewhere that's fun. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid to joke and laugh with your people, but when it's time to get down to business, you do have to have a level of professionalism that's like, "Hey, we it's time to work." Right. And I think that we are still growing in that area. Like versus when we started, we have grown a lot as leaders and bosses, but just know you're not going to be perfect, um, mm-hmm. especially at the start of your business. It's a learning a learning curve. Um, but as a boss and as a leader, always be sure to be researching, reading books, listening to podcasts mm-hmm. on how you can better yourself as a leader. Yeah, totally. And to note on that, anytime there's people involved in any situation, communication is key, like mm-hmm. we always say. So if someone is, if you have a weird feeling, if you're, you know, if you had a weird conversation, you should always address things up mm-hmm. front, nip them in the bud, um, you know, speak to people in private. You don't want to ever embarrass someone. But, you know, if you ever have something happen that rubs you the wrong way, just address it immediately. And 99% of the time, it's resolved instantly. Totally. But communication is everything. When you it let is. things build up, It creates tension Mm -hmm. and like harbors feelings forever. So you always want to make sure to squash it from the front and just communicate from there. Totally. Uh, Number 20 is to prepare your warehouse for your incoming product, even if it is a tiny garage. (laughs) Yes. So you want to, I mean, 
tell them where we started? Yeah, we started in our garage. So it was, mm-hmm. I think, like 250 square feet, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. It was a two-car, mm-hmm. tiny garage. Um, and we filled it with racks. And we had these foldable white tables. Mm-hmm. And we had our printers on them. And that's where we started. And we were so proud of it. And I'm we still were, proud of it. We were like, hell yeah, we're in the office today, like we, storying. <laughs> we got bins today. <laughs> <laughs> we had a day in the life video where we're like at Chloe's dining room table, like having meeting. a meeting and designing. And then we go downstairs to the warehouse, yes. the yeah. garage. <laughs> we send out an order. It's like that's so different. But it's a good testament. And like you see that in a lot of startups, you don't have to be spending all your money in the fanciest office mm-hmm. and, you know, the fanciest warehouse. It really starts with you and your people and your brain power. It's not about what your warehouse looks like. Absolutely. So you can work from home. You You can can work at your dining table as long as you have to until you're ready to graduate to that next level. Right. So don't like take this huge leap without having the funds to do so. It's okay Mm -hmm. to grow gradually and grow with your income. Yeah. I think that's a pride thing. Like I want to go, I want to have an office right away. Mm -hmm. But if you can put that aside and and not let your pride run you, but just be frugal with your money Mm -hmm. as you're starting out or forever, Um, that'll pay off for sure. And it's also a good story for you. Like we'll never forget those times, the hard, the hard times, quote unquote, because it was like (laughs) grind day, grind time every single day on the daily tasks. Mm -hmm. So you'll never forget. You'll never forget when you do start off like that. So you'll have so much pride. Like Mm -hmm. we did that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, next step 21 is to get a hold of your finalized product samples as quickly as you possibly can so that you can start generating your marketing content. We've had many launches where we didn't get our stuff until almost right before. So we were working off of just this one small sample (laughs) for so long. Literally, guys, since like last collection, since the Aura collection, which was a year and a couple months into our business, Mm -hmm. we've only had freaking small size samples. So that's why you've only seen me in these products. Small models. And that's so hard because that's not communicating our brand (laughs) well. So we should have, I wish that we would have known this back Mm -hmm. then to make this a huge priority. Like, hey, we need 20 sets in all sizes. We need to be able to promote that. But if you don't, that's not common with working with manufacturers. They're used to just giving you smalls because Mm -hmm. most people are just modeling smalls. Mm -hmm. So you need to establish that from the start, whatever your product, whatever your market is, get those samples ahead of time so that you can promote it and generate that content. So number 22 is to just always remember that you are representing your company now. You're so much more than just one person. You and anyone on your team is constantly representing your new company. So professionalism goes a long way from day one. Anytime that you're communicating either personally or from the brand, whether you're DMing someone or you're answering a customer service email, always be professional, always be kind, and just make sure that you're Again, communicating your brand in a positive way. Number 23, we kind of hit this a few points before, but don't be afraid to outsource any crucial task that an expert can do quicker and better than you. So again, a graphic designer, a photographer, a videographer. I think we like just now found the right photographer that we've Mm -hmm. been looking for, but 
any other time for literally a year. We were taking our own photos Mm -hmm. with our own cameras. And while that's so good and like you can control that so well, Mm -hmm. you do want to be sure to find people that align with your brand, that do good work for you, that you can kind of put that into their hands now and you can move on to the next big thing. You don't want to always have to Mm -hmm. micromanage every single little thing that you do. Otherwise, you're not going to grow as fast. And when you're ready to financially invest more into your marketing those are the things that are going to take your brand to the next level because you have all of these creative minds working together to contribute and you know convey your vision in a new way and that's another point with these things when you're working with these creatives give them a little bit of space to do their thing yeah everyone that we work with in the creative realm we say you know here's what we want to convey you know, you figure out how you'd like to do that. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't like it, but they can offer a lot of value in that regard. Not They're not just robots. They right. have their own creative minds. Right. And like at the start, their creative mind and your creative mind, they're not going to mesh. I mean, that's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but over time, your guys are going to run with synergy and it's just going to be like a no brainer. They're going to know exactly what your vision is and what they want to portray in that content. So again, don't be afraid to outsource these important, important things like ads, videos, anything that you do mm-hmm. to make your company grow to the next level. But just when you're ready, you don't need that at the very, very start. Mm-hmm. But when you're ready, don't be afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. Number 24 is to dress up every day. So no matter if I'm working from home or whatever the case may be, I feel like we are always trying to dress up um, because that makes us feel better. It makes us, um, it makes me work harder when I feel good. I honestly operate at a higher level, mm. uh, than when I'm in sweats every single day. Yeah. That's such a good point. Cause when you're working from home, especially at the start, cause you probably will be, mm-hmm. it's so easy to roll out of bed and like not brush your hair and stay in your pajamas and just kind of you know, sloth through the day. Um, But if you kind of wake up with the attitude, like I'm going to start my day, this is my job and my career. Um, And even though you may not leave the house and you could be wearing athletic, athletic clothes, they're not your pajamas. Yeah. And you've brushed your hair and you've showered. Yes. And I think those are, those are really a key thing to be able to perform at your highest level. Mm -hmm. I really do think those little things matter. Like makeup. I I just think that they make you feel like just ready to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, like whether it's just, I mean, for some people, it may just be, you know, taking a shower. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever it is, whatever your thing is that makes you feel like you're ready to take on the day. Yeah. Our final step, which is number 25, and it is one of the most important things to do from the very, very start of your business is to always treat your customers with respect because being in business is a relationship with each and every one of your customers. Trust is important. Respect is important. You never want to have the impression that you're trying to get one over on your customers or you're disrespecting them in any way, undermining them or their intelligence or, you know, the things that they need. You always want to be treating them with the utmost respect. It's not the sense of the customer is always right. I think that is hard to live by, but you just always want to be treating them like you care about them and you should care about them. You should. I mean, if you're trying to create a company that's helping people in some way like for us we feel like we're providing a safe positive community as well as clothes that they feel like empowered and confident in you should be able to stand by your product and be like hey this is going to help you take it or leave it but this is going to improve your quality of life in some way 
Mm-hmm. So you really do have to care about your customer at the end of the day because it should be honestly a huge backbone of why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. And you could not do anything without those people supporting you, mm-hmm. whether they're supporting you as an individual or just as a business. Mm-hmm. And why would you take that for granted? You should treat those people with the utmost respect always. Right. Like no matter how big you get, every order is a person. Just remember Mm -hmm. that because they deserve that quality attention. Absolutely. So those are our 25 steps that we've learned along the way. Again, we are about a year and a half into actually launching our very first launch. So these are things that we have found along the way, but like, you know, even a year down the road, we're going to be learning more and more and more every yeah. single day. So we're not the experts, but this is just what we've found in our own journeys mm-hmm. and in our own experiences that hopefully these will be able to help you because I wish that I had just like one place mm-hmm. to go to when I was starting my business. And there's so many places like that, but if you can just have one place to provide yeah. you with all the information you need, mm-hmm. it's so big because there's so much information out there that you can take. And these are the things that you won't learn in school. Mm-hmm. Like this is That's what huge, I studied yeah. uh-huh. and this is none of this are things that I learned in school. Like school gives you a really good foundation of knowledge, um, but it's not going to give you the real world experience that you need to be able to do this. So totally. like Taylor said, we are by no means the experts, <laughs> but these are just the things that we look back on our business when we start, when we formed it two years ago. Um, these are the things that we've done since then that since then that were successful for us yeah so we hope you guys like it let us know uh we have an instagram for this show it's called at the balance show so if you guys want to dm us or comment on any photo uh we'll be sure to get back to you and this is just such an awesome way to communicate um and like share our life experiences and journey Mm -hmm. Uh, but in that let us know what you guys want to hear from us give us a rating a comment subscribe to the show and we look forward to doing this more one thing that we want to ask you guys is we'd like to have some special guests on our show Mm -hmm. so if you guys can find some time please send a dm to the balance show on instagram tell us who you would like to see on the show and what you'd like us to talk about Yes, definitely. We want to do interviews, I think, every third or fourth podcast. I think Mm -hmm. it brings a unique perspective here. Um, We have some names in mind, but we want to hear from you guys. Totally. So, anyways, we love you. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this. Again, thanks for listening, and bye. Bye.